0: Hey everyone, my name is Landry Kadeska. Hey everybody, my name is Julissa Fontaine. Please call me Juju. And And we're the hosts of the Her Revival podcast. So we want to just thank you all for coming to listen to us speak to you. Her Revival is a place where we plan on empowering women, educating our community, talking about health, wellness, beauty, all the things under the sun for millennial women of the world. Ladies, how y'all doing? Hey, Hey. how y'all doing? (laughs) So to all of our viewers, our listeners, subscribers, downloaders, whoever you are, if you're a supporter, we just want to thank you for coming back to join us on the Her Revival podcast. Woo Woo, woo, woo! (laughs) <laughs> so as we know there's a lot that has been going on in the global news as a result of COVID-19 um it mm-hmm. has really been impacting a lot of communities a lot of people um for me personally this is actually the beginning of my third week at home um and by the time you guys hear my hear this podcast it'll probably be a month <laughs> that I've been at home, not working, working from the household. So we wanted to ensure that we came on and talked about coronavirus and how it's impacting us, not only in terms of um, jobs, but how it's affecting women who are nurses, infected, impacting women's wellness and maternal health and things of that nature. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. You excited, ladies? Super excited. Yes, Absolutely, I'm so ready yeah. for this. First of all, I feel like we've been meeting to have this conversation. So I'm glad we're finally having it. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that for sure. So first of all, I'm just going to give a overview of the current statistics of cases and just people for all of you who are just looking for more information. These are the statistics as of March 27th. So the numbers probably will change by the time you hear this podcast. But these are the current numbers. So there are 44,635 cases that have been confirmed in the state of New York. As New York residents, we wanted to um, obviously share that with you all. And at that point in time, there were 519 reported deaths. There have been 900. Wow, I cannot say numbers, y'all. <laughs> there are 97,226 cases that have been reported in the US and 1,478 reported deaths worldwide. There are 586, 140 cases that have been reported worldwide and 26,865 reported deaths. So in the time mm. that Corona has started, there have been a lot of people who have contracted the disease as well as um, many people who have lost their lives and passed away. Um, We just wanna do a quick moment of silence in respect and in solidarity of the people who have lost their lives, who have lost family members, brothers, fathers, sisters, mothers, whatever the case may be. So we're just gonna take a quick moment of silence. Thank you. thank Thank you all for taking that moment all right so let's really get into the meat of the conversation I'm sure you're tired of me talking but we're all going to definitely weigh in on this subject so I just wanted to kind of talk about personal just how these statistics that I just shared with you all are being perceived in the global media so yes um, I really think that coronavirus has done a lot to us as a people. Um, mm-hmm. Just really seeing how people went crazy in supermarkets yep. and local mm-hmm. stores and stuff like that, like paranoia. Oh, the my. fear is is definitely real. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, the fear is really real. Um, I know for a lot of Caribbean people, um, some of our families have come up with their own. Oh, what's up? <laughs> their what's up, university? Yes, WhatsApp University has taken over. Um, apparently, putting lemons in your pocket is gonna save you from onions oh, in the corner of your walls. <laughs> onions in the corners of your house. Drinking ginger, garlic, turmeric, lemon, whatever thing that can help. Whatever with it is, yeah. Religiously, <laughs> religiously, every morning, my mother is making a ginger turmeric blend. Every single I've morning. had ginger tea every day. <laughs> We've had we have like a whole thing on the dining room table, like vitamin C, zinc, um, magnesium, yep. all sorts of things on this. Mm-hmm. So every morning it's like, all right, so I remember to take your vitamins. Yep. Absolutely, drink that tea. Yup, yep. yup, and it's crazy because I I get it though because at the end of the day, you know, one of the things that people were saying is like, most people will probably contract the coronavirus, but the strength of your immune system can Mm -hmm. uh, determine the outcome can determine the outcome on whether you know it's just a mild case or you end up being hospitalized and I I also think that people don't really understand that you know a lot of people do have chronic illnesses these days and although a lot of those things are manageable whether or not people take medication or they're changing their diet etc but it's still putting a strain on your body so now when you Mm. have something in addition to that It makes it difficult, even something like asthma. Like, a lot of people do have their asthma under control, but when you do have something that's targeting your lungs and your respiratory system, it makes it more difficult for your body to withstand. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that, too. Um, I feel like something that I was talking about with a friend recently in terms of just, like, the communication and what's going on is, Mm -hmm. like people are saying like okay a lot of people are passing with you know underlying you know issues but what exactly happens to you when you contract the coronavirus like what happens to the body that you know damages that causes people's death like I feel like they're not being straightforward about that and like I just be like I need the exact you know the exact I guess information you know mm-hmm well i think i think what you're looking for is like an anatomical breakdown mm-hmm. i feel like in order for them to like really explain that process you would need doctors to really sit there and give you a biology lesson oh. right it's like from the moment you contract it everybody's body is gonna experience it a little differently mm-hmm. right whenever your body is encountering some kind of foreign bacteria or foreign whatever it is it's now saying okay well i've never met this before i never met this thing that's entering my body uh, nothing in me can relate to whatever's entering inside of me. Now I got to figure out how to react to it. Yeah. And because it's so strange to the body itself, it's like, well, I don't know how to fight this. And I've already been fighting all these other illnesses or struggles that you've had in the past. I'm a little vulnerable right now. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're taking an L on this one. So I guess kind of like a kindergartner kindergarten version of, you know, how a doctor would explain it. That's kind of what the body is experiencing. Okay. And it's scary, especially for those who like have these you know, underlying conditions, like you mentioned before, it's like, you know, do I hide in my house all day, every day? Can I step outside? You have this perception of this virus is becoming like something that seems to be airborne. Mm. And I think another big concern in the media is you know, to what extent does this actually apply to being airborne? It's kind of like, yeah. stay out the streets, don't go outside, you know, stay six feet away from someone. But if people are definitely going to be in the supermarkets, be outside to some extent, it's like, well, I feel like no matter what I do out there, I might just catch it. So I think right. it's very scary for a lot of people. And I, 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 do, I do see, you know, how there is a lot of uncertainty and how that can really affect how people are responding to it. But you know, there are some certain some certainties and some myths that I kind of want to dispel about, you know, COVID 19. Yep. Um so I guess like ladies, I have a question for you in general. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of want you guys to really kind of touch based on what is your average sleeping pattern. I you know like pre COVID 19 with all you know, you guys studying and working, et cetera, like, how much sleep on a regular basis are you getting? Um, mm-hmm. Like, five say, hours? You know, <laughs> I would say for me, in terms of, like, actual hours of sleep, probably six on average. Um, in terms of, like, when I actually go to sleep, I try to go to sleep by, the latest is 1 a.m. because I have to get up at 7 a.m. to get ready for work. Um mm-hmm. That was prior to COVID nineteen, right? So <laughs> the reason why I asked all that is because you know one of the biggest myths that I think that we've been seeing um, being debunked lately is that this virus only affects old people or the elderly, mm-hmm. right? And I asked y'all about y'all sleep's pattern because in general we don't we don't sleep well. This exactly. this this is this. this Generation and people on a whole, you know, we have a lot of people that have two jobs, we have people that are working and in school, we have people that are doing entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurship. and, you know, staying up all hours of the night and not really sleeping well, we're not eating well like mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. have a very large population of people who are fast food eaters and that's because that's what's convenient or that's what's available in their neighborhoods we have people that are under stress right and like just like earlier how we talked about about these chronic illnesses we have people with a vast number of chronic illnesses and exactly. health conditions that have not been seen before in history and i think that that's yeah. really important to consider because the Younger people and even the middle aged groups—they're increasingly now being diagnosed with COVID—and yeah. it's like, oh, well, I thought only the elderly or oh, only the babies because they're vulnerable populations. Yes, they are, but we're also not in tip-top shape when right. we think about it. We like to think that you know we're super healthy, you know, right. and okay, well, I'm not old and I'm not super young, so my immune system is good. But we, there are other factors that are in, impacting your immune health. That can also, you know, make make your body weaker when, it, exactly. when it's trying to fight this virus. Yeah. Um, and then another one, you know, I just got this text message from my friend saying that he's going to Florida. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and... he's gonna bring it with him. He's gonna stay there. I'm like, you know, I think a lot of us are, you know, we're we're humans. We like social interaction, even you exactly. know, just going out with our friends, hanging out. Um, And I think a lot of us are misunderstanding the importance of okay. the social distancing. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, definitely agree with that, too, because I feel like, you know, um, I was watching the news and, you know, literally Governor Cuomo was saying that at this point, he's even going to have to, like, take basketball hoops off in all of the public parks because there are Mm -hmm. people who are going out together he was um talking about how in Brooklyn you know there were a lot of people who were in Prospect Park having like barbecues and yeah I was like come on (laughs) y'all are (laughs) old come on and it's like that's it's very selfish thinking it is because people are just thinking about the fact that okay like well if I have a good immune system and I catch the virus you know, I'm good, but you're not thinking about every person that you may possibly encounter mm-hmm. if in your you house. the coronavirus. Exactly. True. You know, and so- you know, something that I that I think about is like, you know, he everybody's talking about how the peak is gonna be in the next twenty-one to thirty days. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so April is a super important month. Exactly. And even me just thinking about going to work every day at the hospital, when I leave my house, I'm getting on the train. Right. Mm -hmm. I may or may not touch those train poles or even if me sitting on the seat and I have my clothing may or may not have the virus, I then have to get on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. then I'm going through security at work, touching Mm -hmm. the elevator to get upstairs, touching the door to sign in on the keypad, on the keypad, signing in and clocking into work and then being around all of my coworkers for a whole entire day, touching the microwave, touching the fridge, going to the bathroom. Always touching. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things and this virus can live on so on all these different, so many surfaces for all different amounts of time. Exactly. So it's just like, even if it's only, you know, it's, I think it's about 20 of us in my unit. And it's just like, we can still be passing around back to back. Now, when I come back and I'm touching things in my house, and my mom has to come here then my mom goes to work and she's spreading it so it's like people are really underestimating the ability for you to actually spread a virus yeah yeah i agree just to kind of chime off on that also like back to soy's point in regards to like that friend making the joke or even if it wasn't even if it wasn't a joke, concerningly you know, it's like <laughs> like people have to remember, like, New York City is like the epicenter of everything that's going on in the States right now, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like we're the ones that are experiencing the most extreme numbers. So uh, when we talk about transmission and people kind of making jokes with some kind of seriousness to it, people have to remember like Even though you're good, you're coming from an area, a demographic where the numbers are so high, you don't know what you're carrying and where else you can bring it. And And also think about how it even ended up here. It came here because someone was in China and then they flew back to the U.S. And then everything just got chaotic from there. So you traveling farther distances when we're telling you alone to stay in your house, like you know what that can do. We saw what happened with one person coming here to the U.S., yeah. right and and that's another thing. I know recently I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday they're now saying that up to 50% of the population can be asymptomatic carriers exactly. and so it's like we all could literally be walking around with it and and not know and you know I um, was actually watching CNN earlier and they were talking about how even you can be sick for up to six weeks. Wow whoa so it's time. like what? Like what if I'm carrying this thing around for two weeks, even if it's just a day, right? But if I'm if I'm the the smallest amount of time for curing is about ten to fourteen days, right? Which is way longer than the flu. Wow, that's agreed. Amazing. And then soy, I'm happy that you mentioned it because I was gonna call you out on it. Like we're so grateful to have like people like soy, our friend Chelsea, Jasmine. You know, yes, shout out to them. They're all working waiting. in these health facilities. So it's so interesting because, you know, you have friends who work in different sectors of health where it's like, you know, Soy, for example, she works more on the administrative side. You have our other two friends, um, one who's a scribe, one who's a CNA, where they're more on the care side. And you're hearing an array of different stories of experiences working in this setting. And there's so many problems happening. And you also start to realize how many of them are actually women, Like, you know, we have our own little girl group, obviously, where we're always talking about different things. But then you look on social media. Then you see the news. Then you hear about other people's experiences in the hospital. Then you do your research and you find out a large portion, you know, of people at the forefront of all of this is actually, you know, women, particularly Mm -hmm. nurses at that. I'll kind of give you all a little stat, right? Hear me out. So, according to the U.S. Census Bureau... While 3.2 million nurses are female, wow. that's 91%, Whoa. only 330,000 are male, which is 9%. That's, that's Men are actually only best represented amongst nurse anesthetists, which I definitely believe because it's like the highest paying nurse. So obviously, wow. they are definitely going to go for so- that. What's so crazy (laughs) is that this stat literally is my life because my my mom is a nurse and my dad Mm -hmm. is a nurse anesthetist. Wow, (laughs) exactly. Told you, I mean, let's be honest. Why do you think they go for that? That's that's the big bucks, right? I mean, I so in in the Caribbean for my dad specifically, he was an anesthesiologist in the Caribbean, but Mm -hmm. his credentials didn't cross over because of how different the practices were and he had Mm. to go back to work back to school for about three years in order for him to be an anesthesiologist here which at that time it wasn't reasonable yeah yeah Yeah, definitely I I want to be like oh go ahead no go ahead Juju so I kind of wanted to get into the reason why I provided that stat so for me I was doing some research only because I was just thinking once again like damn like there's really so many women who are like you know, really fighting this virus, not that they're alone, but they're really (laughs) the ones who are directly in contact with these patients. They're talking to them, engaging with them, trying to get a better understanding of everything that's going on in their everyday lives to even come to some kind of conclusion as to how they even contracted the virus itself. What people don't realize is that as a nurse, like you're one of the first points of care when a patient comes into the office, you're the one that has to kind of present to them like, okay, well, Let me see what's going on. Tell me a little bit about your everyday life. And then you're kind of putting some feelers out there in terms of what may be your situation. And then obviously your doctor comes in afterwards and kind of clears the air for you. So the reason why I want to talk about that a little bit more is if you think about how many women are actually providing in the hospital, think about how many women are actually taking care of the households. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's you. I feel like that's crazy too because... At the end of the day, I feel like it's such a difficult decision to make for the family. Do I continue going to work or do I stay home with my kids, with my spouse? Whatever your family dynamic is, when you have, you know, 90% of that population who are women, that has a really large impact, too, because, you know, people are also saying that, you know, because of the fact that we talked about, you know, this being um, impacting to older people, you know, if I have a grandmother or grandfather at home and I'm the primary caretaker as a woman in the household, I can also be putting my family, my dad, my yeah, brother, risk or whomever at risk because there's a high likelihood that I'm going to contract corona. That's right. right. So I actually have the perfect example for this because my coworker, um, she has two kids at home um one is nine and the other one is two and she also takes care of her mother yeah and she is a single mother she's basically bringing all the money for the household for the four of them um and she's coming into work with me every single day um and we recently we only started getting mass issued by our hospital today Wow prior to today we only we had to purchase masks on our own we had to purchase hand sanitizer on our own and we also had to purchase like Clorox wipes hand, you know anything kind of disinfectant anything was based on our budget and so it's like it i can only imagine the strain that she's been having you know because she's worried one to bring it to her kids two to bring it home to her mother and we're not having the adequate equipment to really disinfect our belongings and such. But now it's wow. my financial responsibility to also get the protective equipment that I need to right. even make me feel safe. Uh, and I feel like that's really unfair too, because, you know, we got to think about, you know, availability of some of these items. That's right. like, they were literally like hand sanitizers, masks are practically sold out like every single time mm-hmm. you go to the supermarket or the store or something like you can't even really get some of these basic items right. and, uh, because the panic is you know inducing fear in people and they feel like they have to stock up that's right so if i'm going if i'm a health employee who can't even access these things that can be so detrimental to just my family members and people who are around and me and myself so, yep and myself Word. and yourself right. don't forget about you listen everybody wants these nurses and doctors to be superheroes and that's cool and all but nobody wants to you know pass like you gotta protect yourself too and you should care about yourself right yes. absolutely like you should be the first priority always so absolutely i really i really hope the best for the women who are you know out here working every single day who are you know basically putting their life on the line to help others um and you know just be that support and I know that I had saw like some you know different nurses and stuff posting on social media saying like they didn't sign up for a suicide mission right Right. so the least that the government can do is um you know really support them and help them out and provide them with the proper protection to be safe and stuff like that so we're actually gonna have a conversation about what the government is doing or should be doing to help support our women Mm -hmm. all right so in terms of governmental support um for our women and just people in general i know a lot of people were you know excited when they heard about this two trillion dollar stimulus bill that was passed in the united states um house of representatives and senate like the congress did that Uh, Money, money, money. But where Mm -hmm. is that money even going? I know a lot of people they only are aware of that $1,200 or $2,400 stimulus check. I hope you guys filled out your taxes because if you didn't and the IRS doesn't have your information. You probably will not be receiving a stimulus check at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, is, they, I know they were saying it was going to take up to at least three to four months to get it in the mail if you didn't what? have direct deposit. Wow! Oh, you better have that direct deposit. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think they said that it was three to four weeks if you did have direct deposit. Yeah, which I do. So I'm gonna be checking my bank account because I sure <laughs> will be too. <laughs> I need that little $1,200, you know. Yes, I do. <laughs> right the in the savings. <laughs> when I'm finally able to travel again. So, so um, I'm just going to go over some of the things in the trillion dollar stimulus plan. I'm not going to say all of them because the breakdown is really long. But I'm just going to share some of the things that are probably important to people in general. So, um, one part of the plan is that there's a $25 billion in aid that's going to transit transit systems throughout the United States. Um, the news also reported that they there was a suggestion that New York State may receive $4.35 of that for the MTA. Um, specifically, obviously, because we have a really big transit system, we have a really mm-hmm. big population, there will be a need for, you know, a large amount and I have these numbers because I work for the state. So, obviously, they're going to, you know, include things for New York State specifically. Um, there's going to be $10 billion in grants for airports. Um, that's really a good thing for them because, you know, airports were at a very big loss because of the coronavirus. I know mm-hmm. I have a friend who actually works at Delta who told me that they laid off about 8,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot. Of Which people. is also concerning, though, because one of the biggest reasons for even trying to supply corporations is so that they wouldn't have to lay off so many mm-hmm. workers. But we'll talk about that, too. Absolutely, for sure. I think there's, there's a lot to really talk about. So there's $3.5 billion in additional funding for a child care development block grant. Um, which I wanted to mention, because I think that's something really important to think about as well. Families who have people who still have to go to work, such as people who are working in the medical field. Now that their children are out of school, they're going to need some support from the government in that area on how mm-hmm. they're going to have child care. And I also was thinking about, too, like how many child care, like daycare centers or whatever the case may be, are even open and That's true. And can they even be open, right? Because, so it's kind of very interesting to think about, like what happens in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? There's 300 million through the Violence Against Women and Prosecution Program. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about the details of what that program is, but I thought that was something really interesting to share. Mm-hmm. And that, that was because I know another thing that <clears throat> had been shared on social media is people talking about how. Um, if you're in a domestic violence relationship or something of that nature now you have no way to kind of get out right like where do you go where can you go because everything is closed exactly um I just wonder how that process is working out um there's a seven billion dollars for affordable housing and homelessness assistance program Mm. You know, we don't really always think about some of these vulnerable populations because shelters can't close down. So they're still going to have a whole bunch of people who are enclosed in tight spaces next to one another. And that can also continue to put them at risk. Um, Also thinking about the people who live on the street and are not in a shelter and a home. Like, how are they protecting these populations as well? So I definitely really want to, like, want people to really just think about that and think about like you know if you do have a home and you do have somewhere to stay and be you are in a very privileged situation now it's not fun and we don't like it so we still want to go outside and be lit and have fun live our best lives but you know really kind of be considerate of those other people who don't have that opportunity um and then one more thing I wanted to mention as well was that there's a $500 billion loan program for large business states and cities. So it's not the same as actual grant money in which grants, you don't have to pay back, but that loan money for some of the larger corporations and businesses, um, that's definitely going to be something to assist them during this process. Um, because obviously the, the economy is really taking a hit. Mm-hmm. So. The reason why, obviously, I wanted to bring this up and how is that protection because this stimulus plan is probably one of the most comprehensive acts I have seen done, especially under number 45. Like, mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. out here calling it the Chinese virus. The Kung um, Flu. The, like, just very... Uh, ignorant. Just very yep. ignorant. Not Very, shocked, very, though, very ignorant. But right. um, so, I'm glad that the... Um, that the Congress was able to come to a consensus on how they're going to support the nation because we are currently number one in the cases of the coronavirus worldwide. So this is going to definitely be something that's going to help Keep the economy at a somewhat safe position and assist families, homes and people. And I know that Juju, you were talking about how some businesses and organizations like Nike are, you know, also doing initiatives to help out women, doctors and all of that stuff. So, you know, talk to us about that. Like, what's that about? Yeah, so I feel like the corporate um, contribution to what's going on right now was actually very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of come back to Nike in two seconds. But uh, one thing in particular I thought was very interesting was you've seen certain businesses actually change up their revenue model. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I mean by that is for certain corporations that have factories if they were producing things that people would usually buy when they have extra funds or money to just spend for any reason, you know, it's like they're realizing, well, people are losing jobs, people are losing money, people are losing their income. So for that reason, it's like if we keep creating the same thing, we're not going to make any sales and we're really going to burn. Yeah. And an alternative to everything as well is having to shut down the operation of your business. No one wants to do that. Mm. So what I thought was really cool and interesting was whether it's for good reasons or solely just to protect the business, <laughs> at this stage, it doesn't even matter. But the fact that they're changing up and producing masks instead, I actually appreciate that. You know, I'll take that. People need it. It's a it's a necessity yeah, right no, now. True. So sure you know, know it is it. what it is. We I guess, whatever I, your reason is, it's cool. Listen, I get one mask a week. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We need it. We need so it. Soy is like, keep producing, keep producing. Send those out. Help the people. Them. Exactly. That. And you know what I thought? I think it's also really cool. Um, not even the larger corporations, touching on what you just said, Juju, but also uh, entrepreneurs and small businesses that yes. are also now turning to that um, effect and sanitizers. And doing san- homemade sanitizer yep. and doing uh, masks Tease. at home and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I agree. And then um, in regards to masks. You have Nike. So, for a lot of people who don't know, Nike actually started in, um, I think it was what? Is it Seattle or Oregon? One of them places. Or is it the same thing? <laughs> um, I don't even remember. Oregon, I think. Yes, yeah, so I think Seattle's in Oregon, right? No, 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 we no. no, no. Seattle's in, in, in Washington. But Seattle's Washington. Washington. you don't Seattle know how geography. I don't know how oh geography, Ben. Terrible. Starbucks. Starbucks Starbuck. Starbuck started in Seattle. Oh, okay. I I Nike is in Oregon. Awesome. Nike was in Oregon. But yeah, so basically, the cool thing about Nike right now is that they're actually taking responsibility for creating face shields. So as we all mentioned before, in a lot of hospital settings, they actually lack the protective equipment that um, health professionals need. So this is their way of contributing to the matter. And the way they're doing that is they're actually supplying, I'm pretty sure it's Seattle, but it could be in a city in Oregon because, you know, clearly I don't know my geography. (laughs) But um, (laughs) they're actually choosing to support um, a city in which they're um, giving access to these products to all the health professionals. And they're definitely trying to see um, how much they can actually create and how much support they can actually do. And if things seem to be impactful, the goal is to continuously make those and hopefully spread across the country. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely trying to follow that story. Definitely want to see like how far Nike's initiative can go. I think that as a clothing brand or athletic brand, I think that we acknowledge Nike as a very socially responsible brand. They're always like acknowledging and supporting people through social initiatives. Yeah. So I think this is not something that's far from what they do, once again, whether it's for good reasons or not, but they're getting the job done. So I definitely wanted to highlight that because I think that this is something that a lot of other companies should follow. If it's not them producing it, it's them contributing funds somehow, some way to the cause. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. This is key. Like-, and it's like, it's so, and, and like, even just talking about that, Juju, it's like, I, I guess, like, what do y'all, how do y'all feel about what you guys have been hearing about the lack of these supplies and the lack of the PPE um, across the media? Like, is that something that you think is, well, we're, we're dealing with it how we can, or this is something that falls on the responsibility of the government, mm-hmm. or, you know, like, well, how do y'all feel about that? I mean to be quite honest i mean i'm not the top epidemiologist in the country or the world or anything mm-hmm. but i definitely feel like this caught people by you know by storm especially because of how trump initially reacted to the matter where he was you know kind of introduced to what was going on in december and he probably didn't react as soon as he was supposed to yeah but i just feel i just it feel counts. like i don't want to say it's anybody's fault i don't think that we can blame the government or the corporations for not being prepared. I feel like it's a matter of everybody just kind of taking control and finding some way to support, mm-hmm. which in the media, it kind of seems like a lot of companies are doing something. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on how big the company really is. Right. So obviously, like your big four tech, big four, or big five tech companies, your large accounting um companies, all of these larger institutions that have... At- honestly you know reap the benefits of um U.S. consumerism so I feel like those are the companies in particular that are doing stuff but it's still kind of confusing because they're giving but they're probably the ones that are going to be the first to get money from this stimulus package so that's why I need to do a little bit more research on it's like you're giving but you're receiving you know it's kind of like I don't get it absolutely I think that you know something also is just Like, the government should be taking responsibility at the end of the day because it is their citizens who are literally putting their life on the line to now save other citizens, right? And Mm -hmm. it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Nobody signed up for a suicide. Right. And so, yeah. Um, True. It's like sending out the military with no weapons. No, go buy your own weapon, like. You signed up for the military, so now you gotta buy your gun too. Like, no, like if there was a war, you would provide them with the proper, you know, resources and tools in order for them to survive out in those, out in those um warfields and And things of that nature. And you know, and like I do feel, I do feel for for these nurses and doctors and other healthcare workers like on the front line because it's like how. How do you expect me to be able to fully focus if, you know, in the back of my head, I don't have the right protection on, I don't have the Mm -hmm. proper mask, I'm wearing four surgical masks to to try to compensate for not having an N95, or I'm wearing the same N95 for the three days in a row. Like how, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wearing the same full PPE for a whole shit for a whole 12 hours when typically, protocol is that we're changing it as we move to a different patient once I exit that room I'm to take off all that 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 equipment mm-hmm. right yeah. so if I'm if normally I'm supposed to change it patient to patient but now you know I'm I'm keeping it on for a full day how how am I supposed to fully focus if in the back of my head I'm like wow okay like I got to make sure I don't touch any part of my body without yeah. gloves on. I got to you know and so I think that a lot of people especially like even how people have been responding to a lot of people quitting um, and you know putting their family and themselves first is it's been a lot of negative reaction when in fact like I, I do personally believe like if, if this is what the policy is and this is what we're supposed to be doing I have every right to not Want to partake in that because this is not what I was promised. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So I really hope that, you know, hopefully the World Health Organization. Um, And the United States government will, with this stimulus plan and whatever other plans that are being set in motion, that they really think about how are they protecting the health professionals who are out here every day, putting themselves at risk and really trying to, you know, minimize, you know, the, what is happening with the coronavirus. And I think that it's so important that we really talk about that. Absolutely. Um, And I know- Something else, too, that, you know, we had had discussed in conversation is how is women's health being impacted during this time and women's health not being seen as an essential during this time? Right. um, And so, yeah, and so, you know, what's really interesting is that, I, I, as you all know, um, in all hospitals, they pretty much removed elective and non-essential surgeries. So I know specifically wow. for my hospital, we stopped doing elective surgeries about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is actually crazy because when you think about um COVID nineteen positive patients who do need like respiratory care or are um need ventilators and such, like that's an inpatient. Situation, right? That's how most hospitals make most of their money. The longer Mm -hmm. you stay in the hospital, the more money you spend. That's right. However, elective surgeries actually bring in more money to hospitals than inpatient care does, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. Because you're so. uh, This is just because this is what my job is. (laughs) (laughs) You know the information, girl. Essentially, with elective procedures, your your insurance is covering less. Um, mm. And you're paying more so out paying of more out of yep. right. And so typically with hospitals, when you go into hospital the same way when you go to a doctor and you ask them what insurance they take, hospitals also are in network with certain insurances and out of network with certain insur- insurances. And mm-hmm. so it's pretty much just if we're in network with somebody, we have a contract. So it, we essentially give insurance companies discounts. But when a patient comes in for electives, they're paying the full price, plus the New York State surcharge for not having insurance wow. so uh, um it's re- It's really crazy, and like even just thinking about that, one of the major things that I wanted to touch on that I've been seeing circulating around in the news is that abortion mm. is now being considered as an elective procedure wow
1: um,
0: which is is absolutely insane. Crazy to me. Um, so I know specifically Texas, Ohio, and Mississippi are working on legislature now and have even like promised to find people and to find like abortion providers. Um, if they do know or find out that they're providing abortions to women, that's wicked. Um, and I I really think that that does us a disservice because at the end of the day, it's, it's your body. That's right. right? Um, and I feel like, you know, we shouldn't really be fighting Roe versus Wade 50 years yep. later. Like, it, it, re- it, it is really something that's crazy to me. But one positive that I have seen, um, I know Time just recently came out with an article, I think it was about two days ago or so, and the UK um is now changing the regulation on abortion pills to increase women access. So during this outbreak, essentially um if women need abortion pills that they can get delivered to their homes for up to them being 10 weeks. Yeah. Um which I thought which I thought was, was really cool because it's like you know I, I that's a really proactive way of dealing with this difficult time that we're in and still being able to provide access to women that need it. I think that's really great because at the end of the day, like, I really don't feel like, um, I really don't feel like it's fair to, you know, now kind of just put these limitations on women as a result of what's happening with corona. Like, I understand that, you know, we need more people focusing on the virus, but, you know, it's always like women get the short end of the stick. So, mm-hmm. we definitely, like, you know, thank you guys so much for, you know, listening to this episode. And we hope that you guys got a lot of information from it. We want to give you some key things yep. to remember. You need that. Um, as you go during the day. All right. So, some of the key things are there is no vaccine or cure for c- COVID-19 currently, y'all. So, please. Right. And vaccines take up to I'll a year. year yep. to I was going to say that. Yep. So... <laughs> We really need to be take preventative measures yep. because the vaccine is far. Okay, y'all? It's far. <laughs> it is far. So please avoid exposure by staying inside. That's right. Stay in your, your in house. Yes. Get, only go outside if you need food or water. Like, at this point, if you're not going outside to work or to work, then you should be inside if you're not getting some of those life essentials. Um, make sure if you are outside, s- separate yourself within six feet of people. Um, and for those of you who may have um, respiratory issues, respiratory droplets can help infected people with their cough or sneeze. Yeah. And you definitely want to protect yep. yourself, right? So wash those hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Listen, sing your favorite hook from song. Yep, something. Yeah. You do whatever yep. And usually, we don't count when we wash our hands, but please, I mean, let's start doing that. Do something. Happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> something, <laughs> anything. Um, yes. Um, I know, like, another one is to use hand sanitizer, but specifically, you want to make sure that it has 60% or higher of alcohol in there. There are a lot of water based sanitizers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. really aren't doing right. much. So make sure 60% or higher is Watch y'all. the label absolutely avoid touching your eyes nose and mouth Avoid that is so that hard that is very hard i'm, I'm always scratching my, I head head is head. So I touch my eyes to rub them all the time i know i mean Ooh. i say touch my mouth but my eyes is the hard part it, it is no <laughs> it is it is so hard and then you definitely <sighs> want to um cover your cough your sneeze with your elbows or a tissue very very important yes and I know listen I know I know I know you know you want to be booed up and cuddled up Mm and all this stuff but if y'all if y'all do not live together, you know, try to avoid close contact with people. Yeah, yep. I know it's hard, but Definitely. it is literally, if you guys are both working especially and going to different areas and then coming back, like you guys are just creating more transmission, like accessible and more possibilities for exposure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And make sure you guys wear face masks if you are sick. Please. For individuals who are not sick, you do not have to wear face masks you know, please do be considerate of other people and people who actually need these products. But if you are somebody who is aware that you have a low immune system as well, you might want to wear a face mask if you are going outside just to try to help you prevent being in that make sure you clean and disaffect high uses areas such as doorknobs and things of that nature when you're going home and things of that nature so yep and yeah uh, one last thing i wanted to add which the hospital has suggested to us when you do come inside make sure you leave like your shoes jacket etc like at it in like have like a transition period so it's or a transition place in your house so you can leave these shoes by the door Absolutely. So, thank you so yes. much for listening to our episode. And this was juicy. Us. This was definitely juicy. Uh, I If loved you guys it. hear any glitches, please excuse us because this is our first time trying to do this without being together and in person. So mm-hmm. we're adjusting to what's going on. We love social you. distancing. That's right. Distance. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, y'all.